Well, good morning, church. Good to be with you guys this morning. I just want to pray real fast. Just on my heart. God, uh, our lives were not meant to be lived on empty. And yet, Lord, that's how many of us have gone throughout life, Lord. Just like that dashboard uh, signal on our car. A lot of us have that in our own heart, Lord, and it's on empty. The light is on. It's been on for a long time. That's not how you designed us to live, God. And so I'm just thankful that everybody's here this morning. I just fill us up, God. We're at the service station. We're at the tank right now. Just come and fill us up with your spirit. As Kim just sang that song, Lord, would you overflow in our lives? Would you go into places you've never been before? Would you go into the deep holes and caverns and closed off and dark places in our hearts, God? Go into that place and fill us up. Make it so. You're the only one who can. And so we come to you now and ask that you will. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Great to be with you guys this morning, especially if it's your first time, first time in a long time. You are our honored guest. Thanks for taking a, a few minutes out of your weekend to join us. As Ryan mentioned, all five foot four inches of him. Uh, visitors, there's a card in your bulletin. Fill it out for us. Turn it into the Welcome Center, and uh, we'll get you a free coffee mug, as well as a ton more information about this church, how we can get you plugged in. Uh, our Bible classes, different age groups, young marrieds, young families, families with teens, older generations. We've got a lot of cool things going on. Our mothers of preschoolers ministry, our men's ministry, lots of things are happening. So we'd love for you to learn more about those things and to get plugged in uh, to each of them. This morning, we're in the third week of a new sermon series entitled Limitless. If it's your first time with us, let me catch you up on where we've been thus far. On the night before Jesus died on the cross, he gathered all of his closest friends together. And he told each and every one of them that he had a very special gift for them, a parting gift, if you will. It was the gift of the Holy Spirit. We talked about this last week, but this is the greatest gift imaginable because this is the gift of God himself. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the gift of God's breath, the gift of God's life, the gift of God's power, the gift of God's very presence given to each and every disciple that day and every day after that. The Holy Spirit is literally the manifest presence of God, and it's moved from a building, which is where it was in the Old Testament, and now it's in our body. That same presence that filled the tabernacle, that same presence that dwelled in the temple, that presence now is in us. And I say us, I say our body, because that's the amazing thing about this promise. That's the amazing thing about this gift. It's for us, too. It wasn't just for the first century church. It's for every Christian. See, there's not a single verse in the entire Bible that relegates the power of the Holy Spirit or the, the person of the Holy Spirit or the presence of the Holy Spirit to that first group of 12 or even to the first century church or just to those who lived in the times of the Bible. It actually says the opposite. That gift, that parting gift, the gift of God's presence, the gift of the Holy Spirit, it's yours. It's been given to you as a Christian. And it's not just been given to us. In John 3, God says, I'm going to give it to you without limit. There are no limitations to the experience of this gift in your life. So come on and get the gift. But see, this is the problem, though, with this gift. Like the millions of gift cards that go unused and unredeemed in America every year, that's kind of how it is with the Holy Spirit in our lives. We've received the gift. We've been given the gift. But we haven't used the gift. We haven't utilized the gift. We haven't tapped into and redeemed the gift. And that's exactly what we hope to remedy in this series. So you're caught up. You ready? Let's go. Week three. I want you to meet somebody this morning to start our time. Brenda A. On Brenda A., uh, her, her profile on care.com, she describes herself like this. I'm a friendly, hardworking individual whose favorite thing to do is help people. 
I'd love the chance to help make your life less stressful by helping you out with a variety of tasks. I'm available to help with running errands, cleaning your home, babysitting your little ones, or completing any unfinished jobs that are on the honey-do list. Not to mention I'm gifted with office tasks and can help you balance a checkbook, even make sure all your bills get paid. I'm also the proud owner and operator of Serving in Style LLC, so if you ever need someone to help with a party, well, then I'm your gal. Church, wow. Brenda, A, okay. And for only $20 an hour, you can utilize Brenda A's services. For $20 an hour, church, she can do all of that for you and then some. Because see, Brenda A is a personal assistant. Now, when I read about personal assistance and was kind of cruising on that website this week, I, I kind of laugh about it. I mean, personal assistance sounds kind of absurd, doesn't it? I mean, who, who hires personal assistance? Then I started thinking, my old neighbors in Malibu hired personal assistance. That, that's who I typically attribute personal assistance to. But then I started thinking, like, oh, Brenda A., that sounds so nice. Can you do that for me? I mean, doesn't that sound incredible? What Brenda A. has to offer there, wouldn't you love to have your own personal assistant? Wouldn't you love to have someone in your life who can help you with everything that you go through in life? Wouldn't that be nice? Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that you do. And his name is the Holy Spirit, not Brenda A. Now, the Spirit might not literally uh, balance your checkbook or clean your toilets. Although I've never literally prayed for that, so I wouldn't keep that outside the realm of possibility. But an overarching theme throughout the Bible is that the Holy Spirit is here to help. He is here to help. Listen to the way Jesus described the gift of the Spirit in John 14, 16. I will send you another attorney. I will send you another janitor. I'll send you another theologian. I'll send you another preacher. No, what does he say? I will send you another helper. Helper. John 15, 26. But when the helper comes whom I will send to you from the Father. He will testify about me. See, when describing the Holy Spirit, Jesus more or less said, guys, don't worry, help is on the way. And I don't know about you, but that comes as really, really good news to me because I need some help. I need a lot of help. The steering wheel on my car started squeaking, uh, very annoyingly so every time I turned the wheel. I was like, like, what is the so I go in and I ask uh, my, my, one of my best friends in this place, Dave Beatty, pastor that knows everything about everything. I said, how do I fix this problem? It's driving me insane. And Dave says, just turn the radio up. <laughs> well, that doesn't do it, Dave. So I looked online for tips on how to fix this problem. See, when it came to my car and my sanity, I needed help. Many of you know that I love golf, and if you've ever played a round or two with me, you know that I, I can hit the ball pretty far. Problem is I hit it pretty far in the woods and not in the grass. So again, when it came to my golf game and my sanity, I asked some friends, some trusted advisors, advisors for some lessons. In that area of my life, I needed help. But if I'm honest with you, and if we're honest with each other, I need help with a lot more than just that. I need help with a lot more than just my golf game or my steering wheel. I need help in every area of my life. See, I need help forgiving those who have hurt me. I need help serving those who can't repay me. I need help talking about Jesus with those who don't know me. I need help not worrying about or stressing about the things that scare me. I need help. 
See, I need help being the father, the husband, the, the son, the brother, the pastor, the friend, the golfer, the car driver. I need help with all of it. I need help. I need some help. And it appears that I'm not alone. See, the narrative of Scripture is filled with character after character after character that utters those very same words. Listen to this, Psalm twenty-two, nineteen. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Jonah 2, 2, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. Mark 9, 22, if you can do anything, Jesus, take pity on us and help us. Matthew 15, 25, the Canaanite woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. See, from running errands to running away from your enemies, from the depths of depression to the depths of a fish's stomach, we all need help, don't we? We all need some help. And that's what's amazing about our God is that he is ready, willing, but more than that, he is able to give you the help that you need. If you like to crochet or cross stitch or whatever you do and hang up little Bible verses in your bathroom, this is the new one for you, okay? Isaiah 41, 13. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. I will help you. Isn't that a great word? I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your quivering right hand, your scared right hand, your clenched right hand. I will take that hand and I will grab it and I will tell you, do not be afraid. I'm here to help. Mm, God hears these cries that we, that we uh, say over time. I need some assistance here. How about some support, some, some support right now? I mean, I could use a little helping hand right now. And he says, of course you do. I know you do, and that's why I've given you my Holy Spirit. I know you need help, and I'm the one who is ready, willing, and able to give it to you. It's called the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a lot of people in my life that help me with different things. They have doctors, servicemen, and women. I've got an incredible staff that helps me. And get this, church, every once in a while, the elders are helpful. doesn't happen often, but every once in a while. But you see, when it comes to any of those people, I'm just hoping they'll be able to help me, right? I can't know with absolute certainty that they will be able to help me. Think about this. Sometimes service people, they're stumped or they don't even show up. Sometimes the doctor is dumbfounded and doesn't know what to do next. Sometimes your elders think you need to spend more time in the Old Testament, right? I mean, sometimes the people you go to for help can't help you. Now, granted, sometimes they can be of help. But here's the thing, church. God is the only one who has ever promised to be your help. Not to be of help, but to literally be your help. And the Holy Spirit in our lives, the Holy Spirit living and breathing inside of us, it's the fullest manifestation of God's helping hand here on the earth. See, the gift of the Holy Spirit, it's incredibly practical. We tend to think that he's like a theory or some premise. Right? We, we talk about him. We debate about him. We, we have these lofty conversations about the spirit. No, no. He's not some premise. He's a person, a very powerful person who's been given to you to help you. You ever been in a situation where, where all you could really say or all you thought to yourself was, man, I could really use a helping hand right now. You ever been in a situation like that? Ever change a tire on the side of the freeway in the rain? Yeah, that's a fun experience, right? You're like, I could use some help right now. Ever had to do a difficult project for school? Right? I remember back in the day making that volcano thing that erupted for the science fair. And it was like, okay, I got this chemical and this chemical and this paper mache. And I need some help. It's going to blow. Guys, tell me that you didn't need a helping hand the first time you swaddled your newborn. 
Come on. That is one of the hardest things man has ever had to do. Stretch, fold, pull, wrap, tuck, twist, crank, fold, pull, tuck again. Chances are you like reverted back to your old Boy Scout days, just made some slipknot, like, baby. <laughs> Any more questions? But you see, a helping hand is an incredible gift, isn't it? An extra set of hands is an incredible gift. And as a Christian, you not only have a helping hand, you have heaven's helping hand. You have the Holy Spirit. His name is Helper. So quickly this morning, I want to unpack with you, how does he help you? More than that, how do you tap into the help and assistance that he wants to provide for you? How do you unpack and use the gift of God's helping hand? Let me suggest a couple of things. First is ask for it. Ask for help. When it comes to getting help, it's amazing to me how many people refuse to ask for it. I think many a marriage has been saved by a smartphone because you know what guys typically do when they get lost? Nothing. And that's the problem. The smartphone has saved many a marriage because it's given us some direction. I don't know why guys hate to ask for directions, but I'm right there at the top of that. On our honeymoon in Hawaii, we're two days into married life. We get lost on our way to the hotel. It's late at night. We're in Hawaii. We're super excited. And I knew that Hawaii was this tropical, quiet, serene place. But this dirt road was a little too tropical, too quiet, and too serene. So my new bride leans over and, oh, oh, so sweetly, honey, honey, why don't you stop and ask for directions? Now, as a man, that statement actually sounds more like this. Honey, why don't you admit that you're an idiot? <laughs> honey, why don't you acknowledge you could have never protected our family in the wild? Honey, you would make a great eunuch. See, that's what we hear, isn't it, men? We're not lost, I said. We're taking the roundabout, unknown, locals-only, scenic route. Then I stopped and asked for directions. See, I don't know why guys don't ask for directions, and I don't know why we don't ask God for help. But that's the first step in tapping into the helper's presence, the helper's assistance. It's truly the first step, and it's the most critical step. If you don't take this one, you can't take any more. And Alcoholics Anonymous, this addiction recovery group, they know this to be true. They've been around for years and years and years, and it developed something called the 12-step program. It's 12 action steps that you take to overcome your dependency on drugs and alcohol. 12 very powerful steps that you have to take in order. You know what the very first step is in the entire program? Tell people overcome whatever it is they're facing. This is step one. Admit that you are powerless and that you need help. That's step number one. Admit that you are powerless and that you need help. See, the 12-step program was birthed out of biblical principles. And this is at the top of the list. The first step you got to take, the most important step you got to take, is you got to ask God for help. Now, sometimes I'll hear people say, well, I don't want to bother God with my requests. I don't want to bother God with all the little things that are going on in my life. He's God of the universe. He's probably got more important things to deal with, bigger things to tackle than my little things. And I kind of stop my little things. Little things, what are you talking about? Everything is little to him. Everything is little to him. This God we're talking about, he made the heavens and the earth without even lifting a finger. This God, the one that we just sang to, the one that we're talking about right now, he has outlasted every dictator, every tyrant, every president who's ever lived. This God we're talking about right now, he killed death. That's the one we're talking about. So everything you're facing, it's going to be small potatoes for him. 
I don't care how big or how little you think it is. It's all little to him. So ask. Ask away. When it comes to asking for help, cut loose. In fact, the most powerful, at least one of the most powerful prayers you can say is simply this. Holy Spirit, help me. That's it. You're looking to increase your prayer life. You're looking to bring some more intimacy to your prayer life, a little bit more uh, vigor to your prayer life. Start saying those words a lot. Incredible things are going to happen. I've tried to live this out the last couple of months. We've been studying it, and I've just been uttering, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me write this sermon. Holy Spirit, help me in this meeting. Holy Spirit, help me put up with Nathan. Holy Spirit, just help me. Help me. Holy Spirit, help me. And here's the thing. God loves to help. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter what time of day or what season of life, the Holy Spirit's here to help you. When you're about to go into a meeting at work, Holy Spirit, help me. When you're about to have a hard conversation with a friend or a family member, Holy Spirit, help me. When you're about to finish something for the last time, start something for the first time, Holy Spirit, help me. When you're about to change another diaper, do another school assignment, go through another treatment, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me through this. Help me find a spouse. Help me not kill my spouse. Help me serve my spouse. Help me to keep going even after I've lost my spouse. Holy Spirit, help me. Like I said, God loves when we do this. I know that he loves when we do this because a few, a few months ago, Bailey got her first big kid's Lego set. And on the package, it said seven and up. You need to be 37 and have an engineering degree to put some of these things together. So I just kind of stand back from afar and watch her put this thing uh, together. She starts to try to put the right pieces in the right places and she gets frustrated, right? And then that frustration turns into anger and that anger I can kind of see boil up and turn into a little hostility. And I know the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, so I'm sure she's about to pull a Thomas and grab that Lego set and throw it across the room. But she's more godly than I am, so she didn't do that. My little seven-year-old turned to me in that moment and she said, Daddy, will you please help me? Daddy, will you please help me? Those are some of the sweetest words that a father could ever hear. Amen, dads? The same is true with our Heavenly Father. Father, would you please help me? (laughs) Of course I will, he says. In fact, I'm already there, and I'm already ready, able, and willing to help you. I've given you the helper. I've given you the Holy Spirit. So God knows that you need help. Do not think that you are frustrating him, exasperating him, making him upset when you ask for help from little things to big things. Ask away. He knows you need help. That's why he gave you the gift of the helper. Ask him. Ask him for help. So church, I want you to start praying every moment of every day that you go through the next couple of weeks. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. The second thing we need to do to tap more into his helping presence is this. Simply be aware of his helping presence. Be aware. See, one of the ways that the Spirit is depicted in the Scripture is that of a dove. Right? It's the imagery of this, this bird. We see this especially at the baptism of Jesus. The Bible says that when Jesus came out of the water of his baptism... That heaven literally opened up and the Spirit of God descended on him like a dove. 
This is how John the Baptist, who was an eyewitness, describes it. Then John gave this testimony. John 1.32, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. Now let me unpack this passage for you for just a minute because there's some really cool things going on here. First of all, it's the imagery of the dove. In the New Testament, this is kind of the first time we've been introduced to the Spirit. Okay, yes, he impregnated Mary, but that was kind of a private indwelling of the Spirit. Now it's a very public thing. The Holy Spirit's about to break out. And first impressions are a big deal, aren't they? So who is this spirit? Who's he going to be? What's he going to be like? What's he going to do? And God sends the image of a dove. A dove is gentle, calm, pure. A dove is not aggressive or angry. A dove does not force you to do things, right? Doesn't coerce you or overpower you. He's going to guide you. He's going to lead you. He's going to live literally in harmony and in fellowship with you. So first it's this dove. Like, oh, that's kind of a cool image to have for the spirit of God. But the second thing the passage tells us is that this dove, this presence, it remained on Jesus. Now hang with me for a second because this is a big deal. The Spirit's always shown up throughout the Scripture. He's always come and visited, but he's never stayed put. He's always visited, but he's never inhabited people. And so when when John says, I saw him come down like he did for the kings, like he did for the prophets, like he did for those of old, I saw him come down, but then I saw him remain there. This is something new. This is something special. And here's what I think it is. Let's say this is the Holy Spirit. This is the dove's presence, and it comes and it lands on my shoulder, and it remains there. Well, guess what I'm supposed to be aware of every minute of every day? The Spirit. His presence is there to guide and direct everything I do. Hard to go throughout life and not notice this little guy. Like you're having a conversation, like, hey, what's going on? Like, dude, what's that thing on your shoulder? Like, oh, no, don't don't worry about this little thing. Like, no, I'm worried about it. You got a dove on your shoulder. What's up with that? But I mean, think think about the imagery of this. It remained on him. It was always with him. His presence was never in doubt, never in question. And I would think that as this dove lands on you, you would then begin to kind of walk in step with what the scripture says, right? Stay in step with the spirit. You wouldn't act all crazy. Dove would fly off. You wouldn't wouldn't act ignorant. Like, God, where are you? God, help me out. I need your presence right now. I feel like I'm all alone. Chirp. Chirp. Oh, yeah, you again. Holy Spirit. Right? Stay in step with the Spirit means be aware that He is always with you. Even if you can't feel it, even if you don't see it, His presence is a fact. It is proof that the Helper is always with you. So let your actions, let your attitude be different, be determined by the fact that the Spirit is resting on you. And He will not leave you. He will remain there. And here's why this is important, church. Doesn't somebody's presence matter? I mean, having somebody with you as you go through certain things, doesn't that make all the difference in the world? Ask the guys who've tried to go to the gym by themselves for years and years and can never do it. The presence of some other friends makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it? Ask someone who's going through chemo. Someone's presence with them as they're going through that treatment makes all the difference in the world. Your very presence can be all the help I need. Just be here with me. Took a counseling class back in seminary and and the guy said, sometimes the best thing for you to say is nothing at all. You just be present. It's called the ministry of presence because your presence will help. And the Holy Spirit's presence will help us too, as long as we are aware of it. So knowing that the Holy Spirit is with us, guys, it should change everything. There is nothing you could face that will ever be too big for you. There is nothing you're gonna go through that you'll ever be alone in it. There's nothing so powerful that it will overtake you or crush you. Why? Because he's here. 
He's with you. The helping hand of heaven itself is with you. Be aware of it. Be strong and courageous because of it. You with me? He's right there. He has not left you and he will not leave you. Be aware of the Spirit's presence. So you're facing opposition? The helping Spirit is with you. Are you scared to death? The helping Spirit is with you. Are you in over your head? The helping Spirit's with you. And because he's with you, that's all you need. You can get through anything you're going through. A third takeaway, though, is this. He helps us more than just his presence. Yes, that is a help to us, but he also helps us in a lot of ways, and I want you to accept those things. I want you to accept the ways that he helps you. How exactly does the Spirit help us? That's something that people have debated since the the term theologian was even a term. Is it miraculous? Is it supernatural? Is it practical? Is it this? Is it our conscience? Is it that? How does the Holy Spirit help? The answer is yes. He's the helper. Do you not think he's going to use every single means necessary to help you with what you're going through? Well, of course he will. But there are two manifestations of help that all of us have at all times. And we've kind of disregarded them. The first is God's word and the first is God's church. Or the second is God's church. You can't have two firsts. I'm an idiot. The first is God's word and the second is God's church. Let me talk to you real quick about both of them. Timothy tells us in the second Timothy that all of the Bible, that this entire book is God-breathed. Literally, it means birthed from the Spirit. This is the Spirit's word to us. Whether he, he literally put it on the paper himself or whether he infused the men and women who wrote the Bible, we believe the Holy Spirit gave us these words. And if he is the helper, then this is a book to help us. You with me? That's why he wrote it, to help us. He inspired the authors. He wrote the book himself. And so the words found in that book, they are designed to help you, whether you're reading them for the first time or the 10,000th time. And speaking of that second group, real fast, those 10,000 people, you ever, you ever been reading a passage that you've read since you were a little kid and something new comes to light in that passage? You ever been reading through a book of the Bible or whatever? It's like, how did I miss that? Like, where was that my whole life? Has someone been writing in here? Like, Shar, stop doodling in my Bible and writing new verses. No, it's been there the whole time. What's happened in that moment is the Holy Spirit has illuminated your mind, illuminated your eyes, illuminated your heart to see something new, to see something fresh in the Bible. And you know why he's probably doing it? To help you. So most of us are like, well, I never saw that in John 3 before. That's cool. Underline, highlight, close, go off and do what you do. Stop for a second because I think your helper is trying to help you. When something new in the scripture comes to your mind, is illuminated in your heart, stop and say, God, Holy Spirit, how are you trying to help me right now? What are you trying to teach me and show me that is new and for my good? How is this helpful? So if you want help from the scripture or from the Holy Spirit, from God, just just go to the scripture. This is his help for us. Let me give you an example. Let me show you what I mean by this. We've been making a lot of change with our worship stuff, right? And the Lord is blessing that. And it's been cool to see new energy and new excitement and different things happen. But as we started that process, I felt like it'd be good to read the book of Psalms. Like I want to just fill my heart with worshipful language and worshipful thoughts and worshipful imagery. So I've been reading the book of Psalms. So one day, I'm just doing it in chronological order. I'm on Psalm 18. It's a Thursday morning. I get into the office. I crack open Psalm 18. It's a pretty powerful Psalm. I highlight a few things, underline it. Like I said, you close it, you just kind of go on. Thanks, God, Psalm 18. Kind of a cool Psalm this day. Well, about an hour later, a young woman came to the church, uh, pretty distraught. She was looking for some guidance, some counsel. The night before, her life had literally hit rock bottom, and she was looking for some help. So I took her back, and we started talking a little bit. About 30 minutes into our conversation, 
I asked her if I could read something to her. So I read this. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The grave coiled around me like a snake. The snares of death were in my face. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. He reached down from on high. He took hold of me. He drew me out of the deep waters in which I was drowning. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were way too strong for me. He brought me into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delights in me. I look over at the young woman. You can imagine what's happened. She's completely lost it. She is sobbing. She said, that is my life. That has described the last few years of my life. Where did you get those words? Where are those words from? You know what those words were, church? Psalm 18. That was Psalm 18. The Lord knew I needed help that day. Forget that, though. The Lord knew she needed help that day. And how did he give the help? Right here. See, so many, so many of us want this special revelation from the Lord. We want this special word from God. We want him to speak to us audibly. We want to hear something from the Lord. You haven't been faithful with what he's already said. I don't think he's going to say much more. This is his help to you. This is his help for you. I want you to embrace it. I want you to accept it. The second way he helps us is through the church. This is an understatement, but the church is kind of a, a big deal to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a big fan of the church. When you badmouth the church, you're kind of badmouthing the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, we were all baptized by this Spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, raider, bronco fan, Right, We were all given this one spirit so we could be part of one family, one church. One of the main roles of the Holy Spirit, one of the main responsibilities of the Holy Spirit is to do what's happened this morning, to gather his church together. He loves to create a people. He loves to strengthen and build up a church. And I need you to stop and think about this for a minute. Stop and think about how truly helpful this community is. I mean, think about this. In this group alone, not to mention, oh, there are great churches in this area. You have the resources, the connections, the assistance. You have everything you could ever need. You got surrogate grandparents. You got new friends. You got new babies. You got mentors. You got every generation. You got war vets. You got high school graduates. You got everybody. All types of talents, every gift, every sort of experience and, and life stage, it's right here. God has brought us together to help each other. And if we don't have what you need, I'm sure Ryan Long knows somebody in this town who does. But far too often, we don't see the church as God's answer to our request for help, do we? It's like, God, I need your help. And it, sit down, church. God, would you please send me some help? Church, just quiet down. God, would you send me some miraculous a manifestation of your helping presence, please? There you go. It's right here. It's right here. So if you're here today, then one of two things is true for you. One is you might need help. That's why you're here. And guess what? We're here to help you with whatever's going on. But if that's not true for you, if you're like, I'm doing pretty well. My, my, squeak, my, my steering wheel's not very squeaky and my ball goes straight. If you don't need help today, then you are in this place to offer help to someone else. That's why we gather. 
We gather around the helping Holy Spirit, the presence of God, to receive help and to give help. That's why we're here, y'all. The whole filling of your cup and whatever it is, that's somewhat biblical, but not really. We're here to be helped and to help others. And this church is a beautiful expression of the Holy Spirit's ability to do just that. All right, last thing, and then we'll close the morning out. When you experience the help of the Holy Spirit, I want you to do one more thing for me. So yes, I want, you to, I want you to ask for the help. That's the first step. I want you to be aware of the fact that he is always with you. Let his presence change things for you. And I want you to uh, embrace and accept and acknowledge how he's already helped you. But here's the last one. I want you to just give him thanks for when he's offered you the help. I want you to acknowledge the help that you get. I love hearing stories about people getting random checks in the mail for the amount that they were going to be short on their mortgage. You ever hear a story like that? I love hearing random stories about, about a stranger who comes up to somebody you know, at, a, at a traffic stop or a bus station or whatever and says, I got a word from the Lord from you. Boom, and that word changes their life forever. I've never even met that person before. I love hearing stories about uh, people making it through situations they never thought they'd be able to make it through on, getting answers to questions that stumped them for years, having the strength to do difficult things and to climb mountains. I love hearing those stories. You know why? Because that's the story of the Holy Spirit helping people. And you all have a story like that. Chances are you have two or 10 or 10,000 of those stories. Look back on your life and see where the Holy Spirit showed up. And if he didn't, things would not have worked out the way they did. You know what you do in that moment? Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Praise him. Trying out for the choir next week. Actually, no way. But you see what I'm saying? You acknowledge the help when it comes. That first step is super important where you got to ask for it. But that last step is just as important. Thank him for it. Recognize it was him. Got you through that test. Got you through that relationship. Got you through that season. Got you through that afternoon. Got you through that that newborn stage. Whatever it is that he got you through, he's the one. So give him praise, okay? Give him thanks for it. We all desperately need help. And you can call Brenda A. Brenda A's got some skills. But you know who I'd rather you call on? The Holy Spirit. Because you have a personal assistant who wants to help you with anything and everything in this life. So ask the Spirit for help. Be aware of his helping presence. Accept how he wants to help you and acknowledge when he has. You with me? All right, this, uh, this morning we're going to close our service out by doing a couple of things. I'm going to ask the band to come up real fast. Uh, we're going to do two things together this morning to close out our time. First is we're going to take communion together. Uh, communion is a celebratory meal. It's a, a memorial meal, if you will. And in this meal, what we do is we celebrate and we remember the, the body that Jesus broke on our behalf, represented by the bread. And we celebrate and remember the blood spilled out on our behalf, represented by the juice. Because, because here's why we take this meal, y'all. We, we're looking and we need a helping hand, right? We've been talking about that all morning, the helping, helping hand of heaven. Here's what that hand looks like. That's the helping hand of heaven. I needed help with my sin. I needed help with my shame, I needed help with my disconnect from God. I needed help with where I was going eternally. I needed help with that. And the Lord came down and said, I'm here to give you a helping hand. And it's the hand of Jesus. So we come together in this meal and we take this together. We remember the helping hand of Jesus. Amen. So we're going to do that together. We're going to have you just come over the next 10 minutes or so. Uh, Take it on your own. Take it here at the table. Take it back at your seat. Take it outside. I don't care. Take communion. Remember the Lord. Remember that he is the one who has always helped you with the little things and the big things. And then secondly, what I want to do is I want to invite you to spend some time in the foyer. We, we've shaped today to be our helping and care ministry Sunday. 
It wasn't accidental. There are so many incredible groups out in that foyer who all exist to help you. You've got addiction recovery groups. You've got life coaching in terms of where do you go from here with your future. You've got grief groups. You've got one-on-one counseling. You've got family therapy. We're here to help. The Lord is manifesting his help for you in that foyer. Would you go talk to somebody? And if you don't need their help, would you sign up on their volunteer list to be of help? I think it's important that we manifest this today and experience it together. So let's pray together and uh, then feel free. Again, over the next 10 minutes, come take communion. It's up top. It's uh, right here, looks like. Don't, don't fight, okay? Don't push. We'll get to you. But come down, take communion, and then when we're done, when Kim closes us out, enjoy and go spend some time with the Helping and Care Ministries of West Bowles, okay? Let's pray. God, we need help from little things that don't really matter to really big things that matter eternally. We need your help. And we are so honored and humbled by the fact that you are a God who wants to give us help. You want to give us as much help as we could possibly need, Lord, and so you manifested that help in the Holy Spirit and you placed him inside of us. We are never without you and thus we are never without your help. I pray this week that we will ask you for help, that we will be aware that your spirit is with us to help us, that we will uh, acknowledge and embrace the forms of help that you've given to us in the scripture and in the church and ask that you will help us to just praise you when the help has come. Lord, the psalmist cries out, from where does my help come from? And we can answer that with an emphatic, it comes from the Lord. The author of Hebrews said this, we pray with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. That is our prayer over this church and every single person in it today. You are our helper. You are our helper, Father, and we will not be afraid. Help us to embrace that truth and to live it out. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.